Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Blind Ambition with Jack Kelly. It's your friend Rick from Blind here, and I have the awesome pleasure of introducing Jonathan Doogie. Jonathan was recently a senior software development manager at Amazon. He led the Amazon Smile Engineering Organization, which included three managers and more than 40 software developers. You know, he's been a technical leader and he's been responsible for directing engineering efforts, including detail, the, the technical vision for the organization, annual goal planning, day-to-day -day management, defining the sprint development process, recruiting and hiring, and probably chatting with uh, some of these listeners that, that we have on the show right now, and driving improvements to improve the quality of delivery. Before joining Amazon, he's a software product manager at Contour, a senior program manager at Microsoft, and a technical program manager at Sea Dragon. Jonathan began his career as a software developer at AT&T Wireless. Thanks for coming on the show, Jonathan. All right, thanks, Rick. So, so I, just I, to I, jump into it, Jonathan, let's take the, the, the last role with Amazon Smile. Yeah, I fell into it. <laughs> I, I fell into it out of college. I, um, I mean, I, I have a history degree, um, you know, liberal arts, you know, East Coast, <laughs> and um, yeah, just you know, uh, honestly, a you know, friend of mine was working at AT and T Wireless, and they needed some help, so I went and interviewed, got hired, and basically learned you know engineering on the job. Get out of it! Wait, so you didn't have any experience? And nope. dude, I don't think we've had Rick. I don't think we've had one person. We have about sixty episodes so far, right? More, probably more. I don't think we've heard one person who just said I fell into it. This is yeah, this yep. is interesting. Yeah, all of them are like I was a kid. I was like a year old. I was coding. <laughs> they have a whole different backstory. So yeah, you just you know it's it's funny. I it. took a lot of I did a lot of computer science in high school. Um, you know, took AP computer science, and then when I went to college, I didn't do any. So I don't know why I should have. Like it was probably a big mistake. Um, but I'm like, oh, I want to go do this liberal arts history stuff and art history and, you know, learn how to think critically, learn how to learn, um, which I think pay, has paid off really well. But yeah, so when I got in, yeah, I basically learned, you know, learned on the job, you know, learned um, at the time it was like learned, you know, learned SQL. The company was doing a lot with um, Objective-C. And so I was like, all right, we'll just figure this out. And um, so did that for, I would say a pretty short period of time before I realized I don't want to do that. I actually want to, you know, run teams and um, kind of have a broader scope and not just be down in the weeds. Um, and so, yeah, I think from, from, you know, if you look at my career prog progression, um, for me, that was the start. You know, I think I spent nine years at AT&T Wireless, um, bouncing between individual contributor and management roles. And you know, as a you know, as a manager, when I left, I was running an operations team that had about thirty people, and we had a hundred people in India, you know, working for us. Um, it's a pretty large group, um, but really for, for me that was um it was building software it was very you know i call it information technology it was it and then i wanted to get more into building things so my, my team i was supporting 
software, um, the company had impl implemented um, a off the shelf CRM system and we were doing a lot of work, you know, fixing it and supporting it. And as you know, my, my team was, and I actually wanted to get back into, you know, what I had started, you know, the very thing that I had started with on, you know, at at t Wireless was building things. Um, so that's where I get, you know, got into, um, you know, uh, at the time it was QPass, and then I ended up at Sea Dragon, which was a tiny startup. Um, and actually, there, um, you know, like I think my uh, my short term coding days were behind me, so I just became, you know, got into program management and product management, and was defining our features and building that set out. And that was a really cool company. Um, we were building. Um, image compression software and software at the time that was doing, um, I guess, helping the, I guess it's, it's less of a problem now with bandwidth, but at the time, you know, mobile bandwidth was limited. And this was, we were kind of borrowing from maps technology where all the mapping tech, um, images are tiled you can add, you know, tiled imagery so that you basically show on your device all that the device can display. You know, so you don't want to, you don't need to send the entire map of the U.S. to your phone for you then to be able to zoom down into Ohio. Um, if you know that the user wants to look at Ohio, you just send them the, the tiles and the bits for Ohio. And so we were doing the same tech, you know, kind of borrowing on that idea, doing the same thing for imagery. Um, and so our founder was freaking genius and he, he had like built the software. You could take a thousand images, um, encode them and then be able to bring them up on a mobile phone within seconds, zoom down into any of them, you know, super fast, super quick, fluidly, seamlessly. Um, so that was, that was pretty fun. We got bought by Microsoft, um, and that technology ended up turning into a system called Photosynth, um, and which was, it was just, I would say my, next to Amazon Smile, my second most fun job, <laughs> um, because we, so Photosynth was a technology intended to basically be a cheap version of doing VR. Uh, so the concept was you get you take any camera, digital camera, you take walk around a space either inside or outside, you take 100, 200, 500 photos overlapping. Um, and then the software takes all the photos, um, runs a um, uh, algorithm on them basically to um, the way I, I would always describe it is um, kind of like building a panorama. You know, people are familiar with how photo panoramas are built. The software will take the overlaps, find key identifying features between the photos, and then stitch them together. And so we were doing that. We built software that did that in a 3D space. So you could then reproject re those photos and have a, um, a 
basically be able to walk around the space through simple 2D photos and get a 3D feel for it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Pretty cool software. The in, you know, eventual intention at the time was to bake it into big maps, um, put it, you know, basically where you could, you know, uh, um, they had a street view feature. So effectively that would be the indoor mapping for stores. And you can think from a commercial perspective, you could walk off the street into someone's store and virtually visit their store um, without, without the, at the time, really kind of expensive of um, like 3D VR, some of the other software or that had um, pretty intensive hardware requirements about how the imagery was taken. Yeah. Um, funny note, if, uh, if people go into Mohai, the Museum of History and Industry in Seattle, there is a little card about photosynth is highlighted as, um, you know, within, uh, within the museum. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm curious, like you made this distinction between kind of as a software development, working on IT and, and, and building. Yeah. And, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it would seem like, you know, why would an engineer want to go to one of these large companies like Google or Amazon or Microsoft where, uh, you know, the software or the infrastructure or the platform is seemingly built already? Doesn't that seem like maintenance mode or IT work? Yet, you know, we see on Blind, there's uh, tens of thousands of professionals every day that are seeking advice on how to crack the code for these interviews, how to get noticed. And they want to get into that line of work. Uh, why do Why do you think that is? Um, that, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I I think there's I I could say a couple different reasons. One, I think there's a prestige, you know, to some of the you know to you know base you know at a Google, at a Facebook, at Amazon, Apple. I think there's a prestige factor to some degree. Um, I think there's, you know, they're seen as having a certain standard, you know, for, for the engineers, you know, for that, um, for hiring, for, you know, you know, people that stay there, that there is, a you know, if you, you know, if you work at Google, if you work at Amazon, you're, you know, whatever level, you know, you, you've made it kind of thing as opposed to a, a smaller company. Um, and I mean, I think, I don't, I don't know if it's changed, but if, you know, um, money, you know, companies pay well, <laughs> right? for sure. Um, I think what I would say the distinction that I would make between IT and, and building is, um, you know, a traditional IT organization, and, and that's what I left was one that was, yeah, was like taking off the shelf software, you know, maintaining it for a company whose business isn't necessarily technology or that like AT&T Wireless, so, you know, sure, they were innovating in, you know, cellular networks in, you know, working with Apple on iPhone and, you know, that is where they innovate and their business is, you know, cellular, it's, it's mobile, but the, all of the software to support that from the customer care side, you know, activations, billing, that is, like that is, you know, 
what I traditionally call inf information technology. Um, it's supporting the mobile business. Um, whereas I think difference with Google and Amazon is they're we're building stuff. Um, you know, we're always, you know, all those teams are building things that are driving the business. Um, sure, there are um, other teams that, you know, pay, you know, HR systems is a great one. You know, we would say that, sure, that is, um, you could technically say that's information technology, but, you know, I look, you know, from being at Amazon, um, Amazon rarely buys stuff off the shelf. And so even within HR, those teams were innovating. They were building new software, building new ways, you know, to you know, help recruiters to you know, do performance management, to you know, et cetera. All of those things that so even there, you know, I look at it as the teams are, are building things. They aren't just supporting. Wait, would you say your move to the startup world and Sea Dragon was kind of a, a, a pivotal moment in your career, or is it something more recent? No, I, actually, I would say that was a big pivot for me, you know, going from, you know, working at a pretty large, organi you know, really large organization in, like I said, in, in the IT group, um, you know, probably on an you know, executive path that I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, I want to do something different. I want to, you know, yeah, the, the, the technology wasn't interesting to me. It, you know, the, it just was just it was boring <laughs> and um and i guess i i, I will admit um as there's a certain amount of privilege to be able to say i don't want to do this even though i'm good at it and i said i want to go take a risk and do something that i've never done before and there, there is a, is that there's definitely privilege in being able to do that and make that choice um and so I acknowledge that, but yeah, for me, I would say it was pivotal because that was when I switched to really working for what I would say software companies, you know, companies that are, you know, or, or, or product companies, um, you know, like, you know, like I said, after, you know, after I left Microsoft, I went and, you know, you, you introduced it in my bio, I went to a company called Contour and they were building helmet mounted video cameras. You know, it's effect effectively the competitor, we were the competitor to GoPro. So we were the number two um, helmet mounted video com you know, company. And um, what was, what intrigued me for that, for that role was working in a company where we're building software to interact with a hardware device. Um, Cause it hadn't done that before. And so um, I came in as the, you know, software product manager and basically ended up, you know, leading the engineering team before I left. And um, it was, you know, but it was a pretty interesting role. It was, you know, but again, like I said, it was like, we're building software. We were building, you know, software that customers used, you know, to do video editing. Like, you know, we had a, um, we had our own basically version of YouTube where, you know, that had a lot of traffic because they, you know, I'd say customers, you know, they love their skiing videos and their mountain biking videos. Um, and one of the things the the founder did that attracted me, which was really smart, was he embedded a GPS chip in the cameras. Uh, so I think it was the first person to do that. And we were able to then use GPS data to display alongside the videos. 
which was pretty interesting where you could see how fast someone was going, where they were on a map, their route. Um, and, you know, um, it was something, you know, you know, I had like, you could see that tying into more modern day apps like um, Zwift, Strava, um, you know, that you, you video your ride when you're outside. Your software chops or, or that's behind you? Yeah, no, 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 those, uh, you don't want me writing production code anymore. Okay. <laughs> so now I, I, I'm curious as, as a technical leader, you know, there's quite a few people in our audience that, you know, they're at the senior staff or, or staff level engineer, and, and they're trying to figure out what's the next step in terms of what they want to do in their career, right? Should yeah. they stay on the individual contributor track? Should they become a manager? Can you give us an insight into what it was like being a software development manager at Amazon? You know, like kind of the nitty gritty that or the day to day of kind of what yeah. that experience is sure. like. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's, it's a tough job. Um, you know, I think, you know, Amazon has high expectations for everybody, but, you know, you know, at the end, you know, it was, um, you know, day to day, typical day, um, depending on, you know, the size of the team you have, you go to stand up, um, you know, so, you know, you know, hear from everybody what they're doing, what they're going to do. Um, you probably have a bunch of one-on-ones, um, with, you know, with your engineers, um, you, depending on the time of year, you may be working on planning documents, you know, for, okay, what is the team building? What are we going to be building next year? You know, what's, what's the roadmap? Um, we, you may be working on, you know, performance, you know, you know, docs, like writing up promotions, writing reviews, you know, for individuals. Um, and then, you know, you may be involved in technical discussions, you know, with engineers, um, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, look at what they're, you know, what the, what's being built, how is it, you know, how's it being um, architected, you know, what are the technology choices people are making, what are the, um, you know, certain, you know, we use AWS exclusively, you know, so looking at, you know, how is, you know, how is the team using, you know, using the services, are we using the right ones, um, you know, whether it's the, you know, you know, Dynamo um, or, um, well, Amazon tried to basically ban using, um, you know, kind of a traditional SQL database and wants everyone to use Dynamo for scaling reasons. Um, <laughs> so, like, typically that wasn't a decision you had to make. Uh, um, but even within you, you know, you look at different, um, you know, different options and look at, um, you know, when I was leaving, we were using a lot more Lambda and um, Fargate, you know, different, you know, the different, you know, kind of instantaneous um, options for running your services, you know, rather than the traditional EC2 where you load us, you know, you have this big service, you deploy it to a box and it runs and it just waits to, you know, get traffic and runs when it has traffic. Um, so, you know, we were making a lot of transition to, you know, the, you know, the newer, you know, I would say cool, you know, you know, cooler AWS stuff. Um, but, 
I think that, and, you know, I think then, you know, as a manager, there was a large component that was just recruiting, you know, you know, going to, you know, you know, whether it was doing interviews, doing, you know, coffee chats with, you know, potential candidates, um, you know, spending time trying to source people, you know, depending on, you know, the roles we were opening, we may not have had a lot of support from recruiting. Um, so it's, you know, sourcing through LinkedIn you know, talking to, you know, talking to the people on the team, getting referrals, um, you know, so, you know, flagging people down on the street, just, just kidding. <laughs> but if, <laughs> to like your point, it, you have to have a certain personality for that to, yes. to feel comfortable reaching out. And I would imagine, tell me, tell me if this makes sense, Rick and, and Jonathan, like there might be some software engineers who, you know, maybe like yourself, who even didn't grow up that way, but just, you know, you kind of felt, you know, fell into it. They'll have the tech skills, but maybe not have the, you know, communication skills and the soft skills. So if it sounds like if you have both, that's, that's really seems like a killer combination mm -hmm. that you have the understanding of technology and, 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 you know, software development, but then also you have the ability to, to, like you said, get somebody on the street, chat them up, you know I mean? take them out for coffee, which is a very underrated skill. It makes it sound like it's nothing, but it's not, it's not easy. You take it from me as a recruiter doing it for 25 years. It's not easy to kind of, oh, be on and get people excited about an idea and make them excited to, to see a vision of a company and bring them in. So, is that how you feel like you have to cut, you're marrying a bunch of different skill sets and putting it together? For sure. I, um, yeah. And to that point, you know, I, I consider myself an introvert. I think a lot of really? people in the industry okay. are introverts and have to, as a manager, have to overcome that and definitely be more extroverted when you're trying to sell candidates on the team, trying to, you know, you know, even if we, you know, there would be op options op times when um, we'd be interviewing someone, they'd be interviewing with two different teams and they got an accepted offer. And we, I, you know, it would be my job to go sell them to join our team instead of that other team. Um, it's hard. It is right? hard. It's hard. Recruiting, it's, it's hard. And um, I mean, but to your, to your other point, I think, yeah, for a lot of engineers, they, they have a lot of technical skills. And um, they don't have the same coming out of school. And I see this, a, I saw this a lot, you know, coming because we, you know, we hired people straight out of college you know, with their CS degree and they don't have the same communication skills. They don't have the same, I would say critical thinking skills. And so my focus on, when, on coaching and, and mentoring engineers was always more about on that side. Um, I never felt like I had to do a lot of coaching on the technical side. Um, you know, the kids know how to code, like they know how to do that part. Um, but yeah, they don't know how to communicate. And, um, you know, some people take it, you know, take that feedback and, you know, you know, um, run with it, you know, really eat it up and want to, you know, go and get better and, you know, prove those skills. And, and some people just want to become a better engineer and focus on the technical side of things and, um, you know, go build the next, you know, quantum database. Um, and, you know, to, to back to Rick's question, you know, if people are wondering which way do you go, um, you know, I've, you know, I've had, 
I had a couple of people on my team who converted from engineer to manager, um, helped them through that decision, helped them through the process. And it really came down to what did they want to do? And um, you know, how much did they like software engineering? You know, so, you know, a couple of people that I worked with, it's like they were good engineers, but they didn't really enjoy it. And so that to me is an obvious sign to go do something else. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't have to, you don't, it's like software engineering isn't the, um, isn't the right career path because there, like you said, there are other roles. There's, you know, manager, there's TPM, there, there are different roles within software engineering product manager. Um, and if people just don't like coding, um, and then, you know, I've had people who were considering going to manager and, you know, would always ask that, well, well, you know, why do you want to do that? And so, you know, some people were like, well, because I just, you know, at, at Amazon, a lot of times I got the answer as well. I think I'd get promoted faster. <laughs> and, um, the answer is no, but, um, it's for, I coached a lot of people into saying, don't become a man you know, and say, I didn't tell them not to become a manager, but I tried to get them to that decision where like they were really good engineers and frankly, that's what they enjoyed and that's what they um, had more, gave more value to the team as an engineer than they would as a manager. Um, you, had a, you know, had a friend engineer who, who was awesome and um, I, I let him manage an intern one summer and he hated it. Because <laughs> he was thinking about it. He said he was like one of his greatest regrets is that he didn't hone it because he didn't know what to do. Like he was just he was just thinking, I'm just gonna code and that's it. And I've good code. Doesn't matter how I treat people or talk to people. And and to which Rick and I were saying it's not wait, it's really more the curious about your thoughts. It's really kind of management's experience, uh, you know, responsibility to say, hey, wait, we have to help you with those softer skills, those communication skills, how to manage. We can't just assume because you're a great product manager or a great marketing person or whatever, but that doesn't mean you're a great manager. We got to help out. And if you don't, it leads to a lot of frustrations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that is what I, you know, I definitely found that. And, um, you know, I had like the most obvious candidate, this you know, woman who worked for me who was a great engineer, and I could just tell from, you know, a few months in working with her that she would make a great manager. And that's what she is now. Like <laughs> You can tell that on people sometimes, right? You could see they feel yep. like they, it's almost like you gravitate towards that, right? Yep. Where, where, where you feel that's my strength. I feel comfortable with it. And, and you kind of start pivoting in that direction. Yep. And, 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 you know, I think that seeing that, you know, made it, you know, as a manager, that's a great conversation to have with. With engineers, it's to say, "Hey, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to?" So he could kind of step back and say, "You know what? I'm tired of doing X, or not even tired of it. I'm just I'm up for that, right, Rick? I'm just up for this new challenge." Now, is that something pervasive within the tech industry where people feel, "Hey," as opposed to other sectors where you kind of encouraged just to stay there and go up, you know, the linear route to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that," and just kind of move to different areas. Um, I mean, you know, from, you know, from experience, I definitely, I don't know if the, the 
rationale for people or, or the for people doing it is to go learn something new or try something new. I know in reality, you know, at Amazon, the typical, you know, engineering, you know, ten, you know, someone, you know, tenure on a team was less than two years, um, and you know, within, you know, I, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll toot my own horn for a second and my directors, you know, our, our tenure, our retention on the team was over three years. Um, so we had created so, you know, what I would call such a good culture, such a good organization that people wanted to stay um, to the point where I told people to leave. Really? I was encouraging engineers to, you know, who'd been there for four years to go find a different team because um, to your point, to learn something new, you know, they'd done everything they could on our team they weren't going to learn anything new and I wanted those people to grow and for them to grow. It's like, it's kind of like the, the mother bird kicking the, kicking the little bird out of the nest. Like <laughs> it's time to move on. Girl. It's time to get out um, of the nest. Yeah. But definitely, you know, you see that across the, the organ, you know, the industry, um, you know, people, you know, job switch frequently. Um, you know, there are probably a myriad of reasons for that um, among them you know, probably is, you know, hey, I'm bored of this, I'm going to go do something else. No, I'm curious why the tenure at Amazon is actually seems very low at, at about two years. Sure. There, yep. There, there's all these like rumors on, on online saying that, you know, Amazon has kind of like an up and out policy, or they have like a very rigorous kind of performance where uh, they'll manage you out. Are, are, are any of those things true or, or, or what's your take as a manager? Um, yeah. I mean, there is, you know, as a manager, you are, you know, you have numbers you have to, you know, keep, um, you know, ba basically Amazon has a similar, similar philosophy as, um, as Jack Welch, you know, kind of pioneered with um, kind of bottom 10%, you know, you're out. And, um, you know, whether you agree with that philosophy or not, that's, you know, that's the reality. Um, so, you know, there are, um, you know, managers are evaluated on, um, you know, whether they are, you know, I say managing out, that is a good, you know, that is the perfect term to use is, you know, do you have you know, so-called underperformers, and as a manager, are you making sure, are you doing the, the right things, you know, along the path to show them the door? Um, so it was, it was, for me, it was the most um, frustrating and the piece of the job I hated the most. Yeah, it's terrible. It's cold-blooded. That's like, yep. I, 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 I would find it, if I was in that position, I find it hard to go to work every day worried that am I going to be lumped into that low performer subpar category maybe I'm having a bad week bad month maybe something happened in my personal life in my family's personal you know, lives and that's it seems just almost cruel and unusual <laughs> to, it, to it, just say 10 percent like it has to be that 10 percent like why 10 percent maybe uh, this maybe a, a year goes by where like everybody is a rock star so why yep. let them but that's what it is, right? It is what it is. Yep. It's there are. Yep. There are no uh, no uh, exceptions, really. And and I I think you're right. Like I always felt um, with those discussions, 
um, you know, especially as the team got bigger, you know, when you had, you know, 40 people, sure, you could point to one or two people that might not be doing as good as others. Investing, you know, you hear about just, just kind of coasting, but then on the other side, you're like, they're hardcore, like, okay, 10%, we're just going to manage you out. The two seem kind of, am I missing something? They seem almost contradictory. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't use TikTok, so <laughs> I don't. Have <laughs> oh, you ever seen those videos where? Nope. No. Yeah, Jack, I, I think the, the difference is just the, yeah. the kind of different companies' philosophies in terms of performance, right? And kind of the tools that they have at their disposal. So, you know, the, the reputation that Amazon has on blind is it, it's quite liberal in using performance improvement plans, right? And there are yeah. these policies or quotas uh, that they really hold dear to and, and and they are very strict about enforcing and and, and and kind of employing whereas at other companies you know uh in the tech industry they might not use these same guidelines or, or have those same policies right and we, we, we've seen like mark zuckerberg at meta saying oh well maybe, maybe there's something to it right they're saying like we should flatten all the managers or we should be more rigorous in our performance Meanwhile, you know, places at Amazon, they've been doing that all along. Now, Rick, do they also, while try to manage people out, do they also try to give guidance and advice and help people, but not in a, you know, not in a PIP kind of way, but just in a coaching way? Do, do they offer that to counterbalance trying to manage out? There, there is, like, that is the the... Well, when I was doing it, that was always my focus is, you know, what is the coaching plan? How am I helping this person get better? Um, And, you know, I had several people who, you know, were on performance improvement plans and um, came out of them just fine, you know, got better, you know, almost like they needed that wake up call. And then, you know, or, you know, still at Amazon, you know, being successful. and I think, so like, I think there is a place for tools like that. I think having it be forced and having to meet some sort of quota is, is just wrong. Like, it doesn't look at the human factor. It doesn't look at, like you said, the fact that, you know, hey, if there are 10 rock stars on a team, who's the least rock star? Like, right, but if you're all rock stars, well, okay, let's keep all the rock stars. Right? Like, like, Don't just you kick, get rid would of. You kick, would you kick Ringo out? Like, which beetle would you get rid of? <laughs> yeah, maybe Ringo. I probably would do Ringo. I think. Is that bad oh. choice? Is that wrong, Ringo? I don't know. <laughs> you get rid of John Lennon, right? You're gonna get some hate mail out of that. <laughs> I'm used to getting hate. It's okay. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate that that insight there and, and, and kind of demystifying what it's like to be a manager for us, Jonathan, because I, I think there are so many like misconceptions about what it takes to, to get promoted, especially at a large company like Amazon, right? Where, you know, the ones that I keep seeing is, well, I, I'm doing all my work. I'm a, I'm a great coder. I'm, I'm shipping out all these like features and, and, and code like when's my turn to become a manager, right? Or perhaps there's other folks that say, oh, that's the natural 
or the logical next step in my career ladder. You're an individual contributor, and then you get promoted to a manager, and then maybe one day you'll be the, the CTO or something, right? And I, I, I think that having that kind of human aspect to performance, to your job, to what actually interests you is, is something that I, I think we often forget. And, and so I really appreciate that reminder, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, yeah, like management manager is an interesting role. I don't, the term is terrible because you're not managed, like you don't manage people. Like I always saw myself as a, you know, a mentor, as a coach, as, as a leader, you know, I'm not managing. And that was my role. And I felt like as well, you have to adapt your style to the individual. Um, and I think like I've seen bad managers and they kind of, you know, go into, you know, they have one-on-ones with individuals or they have talk about the same thing to, with everybody. And it's like that it's people aren't cookie cutters. Like they aren't, you know, so you have to know what someone needs. You have to have that discussion with them about how do they want to be coached? What do they, you know, need to be mentored and, um, how do they want feedback? Um, you know, I had some people who just want feedback every week. They want to know what they've done well, what they haven't done well. And then I've had other people who just, you know, basically want to shoot the shit. <laughs> um, and both things work. Um, it's, it's more of, um, like, and like you said, like having, you know, for people trying to figure out what they want to do with their career, it's, trying to have that conversation with your manager is important. But what I would also kind of give advice to people is, um, you know, look out for yourself. You know, at the end of the day, be selfish. Um, it's, you know, unless you've got a really good manager, your manager's not going to look out for you because um, they're looking out for themselves. <laughs> and they may, you know, they may not have, you know, you know, their team, you know, the individuals on their team or every individual on their team interests, you know, you know, hold them, you know, as dearly. And so, you know, some of the, you know, some of the times I feel like I grew as a manager was getting hard questions from engineers, you know, like, like, you know, literally having someone who maybe isn't doing so well asking how they're doing. And then, you know, having to basically say, well, you know, you're not actually doing that great. <laughs> and here's why and people from Amazon listening to this will know this. It's like, when am I going to get promoted? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, m making sure, but that is a great question for someone to ask and you shouldn't shy away from it and you should push on it because, um, you know, if you're, you know, if you're man, you know, yes, your manager is going to get tired of hearing it, but that's their job. And their job is, especially at Amazon, I know, and other big tech companies, your manager's job is to get you promoted. Um, you, you know, you have to do the work, you have to excel, um, you have to sh prove that you're at, operating at that next level. Um, but if your manager's not going to support you or you know, help you, um, find another manager. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate that 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 wisdom there. Thank, thanks for coming on the show, Jonathan. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's it for the blind ambition. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.